please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Good evening, Jim. Well, good evening, David. Uh, the, the humor is I accidentally hit start streaming instead of start recording, so this probably went right to Twitch. Uh, yep. Um, a whole lot of no one watched it. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what happens on Twitch. Um, what yeah. happens on Twitch stays on Twitch because no one else knows about it. Um, right. It's like Vegas. Vegas, baby. Yeah, except a little bit more exclusive. So some stuff has happened, <laughs> some things that I didn't anticipate happening. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, I had announced that I was probably going to sell my Kiesel. Uh, I think it was in like episode 210 or something. Um, we are in episode 218, I believe. Uh, yep. So, why this matters is uh, I kind of went back and forth on it. I almost bought another Kiesel. Um, I was I this close to ordering one. And then Mike Jones was let go from Kiesel. And if you didn't hear the story, you can go Google it and find out the specifics of it, but basically I, I can't do it anymore. As much as Jeff is not the figurehead of that company, the problem is that people identify you with Jeff and especially people my age, because there's so much bro culture surrounding Jeff Kiesel. And that is to say that like, it's the sycophantic thing. Like, oh, yeah, I want to race cars with Jeff Kiesel, and I want to do this and that and the other thing. It's like, I just can't do it anymore. And then after what happened between him and Mike Jones, basically Mike quit. He was going to he was going home to take care of his kid. His wife has got a new career position, and, you know, it's working out. And so on his way out, he made a not-so-great move and did something that was kind of like pointing the finger at Jeff and saying, ha-ha, I got you. And it... It was a political commentary, and I just kind of felt like they handled it in totally the wrong way. And, like, it's one thing if you didn't agree, but there was a more gracious way to handle it, and they didn't even give a thought about it. So it was like, yet again, here's another situation where, and this isn't a customer, this is somebody who used to work for you. Mr. I want to take care of my employees, and that's why we raise prices so we can pay my employees a living wage. You basically shit on somebody because they were departing. Um, so, anyway, long story short, if you want the whole details and the whole story, that we're not going to cover that here, but you can go look it up. It's obviously something that would be very divisive in the guitar community. Um, I have had my issues with him over the years, and uh, he finally did something that, in my opinion, jumped the shark. And it was like, all right, I can't even, I can't even uh, justify this anymore. It's not like Mike Fulltone, who has a history of being this person, and then it's this person yet again, and everybody's like, no, I'm not buying these pedals anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, yeah. It, it, this was very much like an escalation. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. So anyway, there is there are some people who can separate themselves from the product, and there are people who can't. And I understand that because we're in a culture. Um, that doesn't do that. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know my guitar doesn't have his political beliefs or his behaviors. Uh, I know right, that. Right. 
Right. But it's I'm a piece of wood with metal in it and stuff. But the problem and, and is you're other supporting... people see me playing that and think that I have those same things going on, and that's, that's just not worth dabbling. You know, into. it goes it goes right down to that rabbit hole. We could we could spend a day on it, and I won't. Of you know, if I buy a guitar, a guitar center, am I supporting guitar center? Or am I supporting the person that was behind the counter, a guitar center? And and we could go back and forth at that all day, and it doesn't matter. The fact is, who, whatever your beliefs are as an individual is your beliefs, and you should you should hold on to those beliefs. And I'm a person that, if you have beliefs, then you should stand by them, and you should not let them go just because what's on the other side is bright, shiny, and pretty. Yeah, well, so and, we've, uh, we've had this conversation on the show about products, and I don't want to make the, the What's New segment all about this, but because this, this actually right. relates to something else that's happened. Um, that's right. But but we've had this discussion on the show before, and, and I remember playing sort of devil's advocate at the time and being like, okay, look, and, and, I, and I want to, I want to um, sort of explain those comments. I said, do what you can live with but also right. understand that the product isn't necessarily a reflection of the person behind it. That's but right. There are definitely situations where you have to consider how other people perceive that situation rather than yourself. That's and right. And that's will perceive you as a result. That's even right. If, and perceive even, you as a result. Even if the employees – and this is the, the problem I really had was that Mike Jones was basically calling him out as part of his departure. And Mike Jones was mm -hmm. my rep. Okay, so I've, I've actually right. talked to this guy on the phone multiple times. Right, And right. so, like, when I see him calling out his former employer, I didn't see him calling – because he wasn't like – it wasn't like he was mad that he was getting let go. He was basically just saying, like, there's a really messed up culture here and somebody needs to say something about it. And yep. that's what I'm like, okay. Um, there was some other mudslinging there, but I think that was more or less based on the fact that Jeff sort of called him out uh, publicly. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, so anyway – you can go. You can go read all that. But what this led yep. to is like me having kind of a crisis because I had, I had put away a little bit of money to get a Kiesel. Like that was that was the goal. Like I was going to buy one, and I, I had the money for the down payment, um, and I I decided I wasn't going to do it. So then Gearfest rolls around because Gearfest was Friday Saturday, and yep. um, so about Monday last week I started looking at stuff. And I had like all these pedals. I had a long list of like 20 things that I was going to investigate and see what the pricing was going to be like during GearFest. And I didn't buy any of it because number one, I was having conversations with gear counselors. In other words, my, my friend community. And some of them were like, no, you should do this. But like, just be careful that you're not getting over invested and all these different things. And, right. I, and it kind of scared me off because I was like, I don't really want to buy a bunch of pedals and just have them laying around. But I do have... A, an end goal for that. I want to get some stuff that's like super basic. Like you, you see, right. I got a DS one back there sitting on a bin. Yep. I would like to have the full suite of like the boss drive. So the, the boss, yeah, the, the blues, blues driver, driver, the SD one, one, the SD one. Yeah. Yep. And all that, all, all that stuff. Um, yep. and that will probably happen at some point and maybe even this year. Um, I'm going to try to get the Waza ones, but it's going to be, I'm going to do it on the down low. Um, I might I, get a Waza. Um, there's a, I don't know if it's still available. But there's a Waza uh, blues driver available. Yep, and it's great. And I'm like, yeah, and those are really good pedals. Yeah, the Waza blues driver, the Waza super overdrive. I don't want the metal zone. I mean, if I can get a, if I get a Waza metal zone, if it falls in my lap, that may happen. Um, but, but I don't. I'm not really like that. Can happen over a couple of years. That doesn't have to happen right away. And the other thing is, I was talking about getting a switching pedal board early next year and i think i'm actually going to hold off because something happened this weekend that i was like i really need to focus and get my head in the game in terms of where my money's going 
Um, so I walked into good time music with the intention of looking at some pedals and, um, I wasn't planning to buy anything. I was just kind of stopping to see what was up. So I walk in the door and there's boxes everywhere. Cause I'm getting all this inventory in right now. Um, lots of Ibanez stuff and, uh, lots of amplifiers. In fact, they got one of the JCM 800, uh, studio heads, um, which I was just told by Jeff is friggin' outstanding. Um, and so if you're looking for new stuff, you might want to check out their, uh, their reverb page because they're listing a lot of stuff up there every day right now. Um, that's just coming in the door and a lot of it's fantastic. Um, so anyway, I guess over the last, I think they had this guitar in stock two days. They were unboxing these while I was there. Uh, there was a PRS, uh, a box, uh, three PRSs, S2s, 35th anniversary, custom 24s. Um, and I, I want to pull up the, uh, I'm going to pull up the, the, uh, page on Sweetwater just so I can get the colors right. Um, cause I don't want to mess this up. PRS, guitars, S2, custom 24. Actually, we might even pull up on Sweetwater. Uh, now, as usual, Sweetwater comes up first. And then, actually, it's 30th anniversary. Because for some reason, they seem to outdo the manufacturers in terms of results. Um, uh, 35th. Okay. All right. Now, they only have the... the one color listed. All right, we're going to prsguitars.com. I'm not screwing around. We ain't got time for this. Well, I've probably right. cut some of this out. Um, so in oh, the S now. so they did so they did 35ths in S2, um, and they did them in. Wow, I don't even see them listed here. Um, they did them in. The core series, mm -hmm. and that's probably why I can't find their their page right now. Um, I wish I had the color codes at least. It would be nice to be able to tell you. I have the hang tag. I can tell you what what color this one is. I just don't know what else they came in. And I was going to talk about the other two. Uh, so I have the tags. The, He's got the tags. You're lucky. You know. He's got um, the tags. So obviously I bought one. And um, yeah. Let's it, see that know, baby. Big shock and disbelief. So I actually wasn't going to show it on the show, but I but I will. Um, you got to, you've got to. It's a, it's a law. So this this is the look at this thing. The oh uh, my top on this guitar, God. and it is look at that I mean, you top can see move. That's how you know of, it's not. And it's moving yep. on camera, you know, and it's like yep. it looks. It's and, the most beautiful guitar I've owned, for sure. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's gorgeous, but it wasn't the looks. So I saw the guitar and I was like. I am going to well, play this. Yeah, that would get me to play it. Let me just say that. There were two other. There were two others. They had a blue one. It was whale blue, and then they yep. had. Um, it's not that color. That's that's tiger's eye or not tiger's eye. What do they call that? Uh, that's their amber burst or whatever. Right. And they had another one uh, that wasn't nearly as figured. That's dark cherry sunburst, I think. Yep. Uh, and then they have the tobacco sunburst or something like that. So that was the other one or it was dark cherry. Sun yeah. So yeah, I think that's what it was anyway of the two colors of the tops. This was obviously the premium. Um, this looks like a $4,000 guitar. I mean, it, it is legit. Like if it didn't, if it wasn't a bevel, 
this would be a core model. <laughs> like they would have taken this top and they would have done, you know, they would have done a, a violin card to it. So I played, um, they have a CE there too, which I've played on multiple occasions. Uh, I actually like that gar guitar quite a bit. So I sort of hem hoed around. I was like, do I get this or the CE? And I actually preferred the bevel to the, to the violin carve. And there's a reason for it. So I think people who play Les Pauls would probably prefer the violin carve to the bevel because it does not mimic body contours on a strat. It is like a, like a chamfer. And so your arm rests in two places with a, with a space. Whereas in this, it's a, you know, a firm, flat feeling against your arm. So if you're more, you know, comfortable with that kind of guitar, this two might work better for you. Now, here's the funny part. So I see this guitar, I play it. Uh, there's another gentleman in the store playing them too. Um, and I was not prepared to buy this guitar. I was like, this was not supposed to happen today. This was supposed to happen over six months of me playing a bunch of different stuff. And I, I played this one and all of the misgivings I've been telling myself for like two years that I was really worried about. Like I needed to have stainless steel frets. I needed to have a 12 inch radius. It had to be 25 and a half inch scale. It had to have the, you know, the, the better heel and all these different things. It just, just beard. I didn't even, I wasn't even worried about the fact it was a, that it was a, a mahogany versus maple neck. I mean, I had the custom or the CE sit, sitting right next to it. And I'm kind of yep. like, yeah, it'll be more stable. But I played it and I was like, I, I, I don't have the same problems I had in my SG. And um, right. so it, it ended up coming home with me. Now, a couple of gripes I have no hard shell case. I mean, this guitar I retails know. for yep. $16.49. And there's no hard shell case, yep. which is just uh, and it's a 35. And it, it blows listen, my nine. If it was if it was just a run of the mill right, standard, right. that's one thing. Right. This is a custom but it's a 35th anniversary thing. Yeah, 24. that should. It, it's a custom 24 and it is a 35th anniversary. You and it's just basically done. an SE gig bag. Yep. Yep. Basically, it is. As a matter of fact, the only difference between that and the SE gig bag color. is the color. And it doesn't say SE on it. Yeah. The, the the SE gig bags are brown. I don't know. I've had so many of my I still have one. Um, and uh, um, I think the uh, the one you have is like a, a black, gray, dark gray, like a char charcoal it's gray. It's black. Yeah, black. Okay. The, the I knew it was I, a dark color. Yeah, it's black. They, I, they did do them in gray, I think, for a while, but they're black now. And um, – yeah. So Where I the SEs jump right out at you. I gotta find a showcase for it. I'm not all in this thing around in a gig bag. That's just not gonna happen. Um, but it sounds great. That that was the that was the thing that blew me away. Was I plugged it in? It played great out of the box. Like basically nothing had been done to this guitar, and um, it uh, maybe they tweaked the action or something before they put it on the wall because it was hanging up when I came in. Um, but the, and they took pictures of it twice because the flame was very very deceptive. And I'll flash the pictures up here now, which this is 15 minutes in. I'll put that in the notes. Um, and in those pictures, you're going to see how bad that flame looks. And it's because when the guitar is angled backwards, you can't see yep. it. Yep. So, you know, that's the thing about a lot of the Sweetwater guitars. Even though they're showing you pictures of the yeah, actual Yeah, you have no guitar, idea what they actually look like because sometimes, you it forward and backwards. Yep. Um, and that was I, a I lesson can, to me. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, it's hanging in my wall here, and it's like, I look over it, I'm playing video games on Twitch, and I look over it and I go, 
oh god damn like how did i get that <laughs> like how that, did that i know <laughs> i know right sometimes you just and how did they pick that for that guitar i mean i, I, I have no I mean, idea i get it 35th anniversary well still, i was thinking i was thinking I, in fact i even asked pat i said pat is that a is that a veneer that's gotta be a veneer right he goes no like, they don't put nope. veneers on the s top. yep that's an actual top it's not as thick it's slightly thinner than the core. Yeah, because the it's, a be- it's a bevel top. Core is more of a beveled top. Well, but, and that's um, that's sort of misleading too that because has, of the way that they the way that they I cut know. it. But I know, but they have a bevel on that. There is a bevel there. I know because you own it. But it's not as deep as a core no. bevel. And when when I say not as deep, and that's the thing that that always gets into it. You know, I see pictures of my guitar in my hand all the time. My my mm-hmm. Paul, that thing is beveled to F, right? That thing is beveled. Those those Les Pauls, they, all three of them, um, and and my supposedly not figured top 335 has the be- most beautiful figuring I've ever seen in a 335 up close. It's so weird. Sometimes, no, it's not figured. Well, anyway, what I'm, what I'm about to say is a lot of times I'll see pictures of it, and I'm like, wow, my guitar looks like, like it's flat. <laughs> Like it's just plain to flat, and I know for a fact that it's it's got a lot of curve in it. That's what I love about the feel of my Gibsons is that that bevel. That's the SG still gets a lot of play. Matter of fact, that SG got a lot of play yesterday. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we're gonna have a gig report. They're definitely gonna have a yeah. gig report. Um, she got the cause... crap beat out of her. She's she's getting a full string change cleaning <laughs> tonight. She's so she's going through it. In she's your, gonna in, bath. So <laughs> here's the. Um, here's the strange thing about all this. So I know the Kiesel's going, so that's going to be sold. Um, it's either yep. going to somebody who's a show listener or it's going on mm-hmm. reverb. And I, at this point I'm leaning towards reverb. I didn't put it up today cause it hasn't hit my credit card yet. But as soon as that happens, I'm gonna be like, Oh, we gotta get this thing out of here. Um, yep. and, uh, I don't, so like this guitar is different enough than what I already have that it's not like, I don't feel like it's infringing on anything. Um, right, I'm right. definitely going to be playing a strat for certain stuff and I'm definitely going to be picking this guy up for other things. Um, I don't see one being better than the other. They're no, both, I, I, I actually lucked out because I was, I was sort of afraid that if I bought a strat that was, you know, similar to this one, the one I already have, the S 500, that I was just going to stop playing the S 500. This is not yeah. going to allow that to happen. Um, even right. just playing through my pedals, like they, things react differently the fuzz actually sounds really interesting with this guitar which is wild and i think it has yeah. something this i believe this has a treble lead built into it i'd be um, in, yeah i'd be interesting to, interested to see that yeah so, so i'm gonna do i i'm gonna try to do a video i actually want to get i have to get a video done for jason fuzzmonger I, I had a funeral i had to go to this week and uh that kind of threw off my plans yeah, i was sorry. like i was gonna film it this weekend um he, he let me his creepy face like years and years ago and i want like two years ago yeah <laughs> It was a while ago, and I want everybody to know, like, you should shower him with praise because he's been a longtime supporter of the show, and he has never asked for me to send that back to him. Um, He knows I have it. I know I have it. I know it belongs to him. It's not thievery. I haven't been running around using this as gigging thing or whatever. He lent it to me for the show. Um, I definitely want to do a shootout because I told him what I wanted to do was put it next to my MKT uh, Sunface. So in order for me to do that, I want to get a pair of carbon zinc batteries so it's fair to both of them. And they're going to be yep. identical. Uh, I actually have a source to get those. We'll just plug them in and we'll run, you know, 
guitar through one, guitar through the other, and maybe we want to take the looper out, and I'll just run the same loop through both of them into my interface, and we'll we'll play that kind of game just to see how different they actually are. Um, right, right, right. And they are very similar um, for, for <clears throat> reference. But anyway, so as part of all this conversation, uh, last week, uh, we talk, I think it was last week or the week before, we talked about the guy that had all the guitars stolen. And we talked about insurance. And I mentioned I'm actively pursuing insurance. I have been for a while. Um, yep. I got insurance last week uh, through yep. Clarion. Okay, so Clarion yep. is, uh, they, they pride themselves on violins yeah. and cellos and that kind of thing. But you can get yeah. regular old insurance for them. I thought it was going to be this process where, like, I call them up, I get a quote, they say, okay, you know, now you got to go get go get your stuff appraised and then give us serial numbers. None of that happened. Nope. None nope. of that happened. I literally called them up. Um, they sent me an email form where I could basically load all my stuff into it. Uh, I loaded all of my guitars, not even with serial numbers, just with an identifier that's like, this is my Kiesel with, you know, this, this, and this. And they said, yep. fantastic. And then they sent me back a quote sheet. Um, I'm paying roughly between $20 and $22 a month uh, for yep. $12,000 worth of gear spread across two different locations. And right. um, it's 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 going to work out well, right? Um, and this, uh, so like I, I realized after I did, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't list any of my pedals. So I added them on didn't really change my bill um and changed so like then now i know like oh i got a new guitar i know that this is going to be an easy process to go through literally drop yep. the keys off the insurance as soon as it's sold and in the hands of the next buyer and then add the prs on um right so that it'll all be taken care of and i don't have to worry about it and the, right. di the difference in value will be negligible it <clears throat> might cost me an extra 50 cents a month Right. Uh, to do if that, that kind of thing. If, if at all, if at all. They probably yeah. have hundreds of dollars of increments. Um, that's typical of those types of things. There's like a hundred or two hundred dollars of difference, and then you have a, a tier that you jump into. And, so and you might not have even broken into the next And the tier. policy documents are great. I mean, I'm covered. Yep. The, the coverage, the stuff that they talk about you being covered for is just hilarious. Active terrorism. Oh, yeah. 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 Active terrorism insurance on yeah. my gear. Which no, is like way know. over the top because all I want is coverage in my car when I drive to and from yep. open mics and stuff yep. like that. I want coverage at the, coverage at at the, the gig. gig so somebody knocks my shit off the stand or walks off with it. And right. I want coverage at home. Coverage at home. Yep. Coverage at home is or like, wherever like it is tertiary because like you said, <clears throat> right. and we've talked about the show, you can get homeowners coverage. Um, which I have. Right. Which is what you should yep. do. Uh, just, you know, as long as you, and, and a lot of people think, well, homeowners coverage will cover you when you're in your car. So it doesn't, no, it, does it doesn't, not. No, it does um, not. they won't even cover you the gig. Most times it just depends. There's a lot of times homeowners coverage ends at, at the, um, the D mark is, what is that thing called? The, the, the space between where the County owns some of your land and you own some of your land at mm -hmm. that D mark. I can't remember what it's called now for life of me for some reason, but, um, that, uh, it's not leeway. Well, it's it, it depends. It's if you, some of the some of the some of the insurances, if you get a rider, will cover you even if you take it to an open mic or something. The second the money changes hands for you being there, they won't cover you. Right. So right. Um, you have to kind of play the game if you have to cover it, and if they can find right. out for any reason, then you can be guilty of insurance fraud, which That's is right. you know you don't want to. You do can that. go to prison for that. So. Yep. 
Yep, not worth it. <laughs> That's a whole other. But I, you know, the number of musicians I know and I've known over the years who have had their stuff stolen and really nice stuff. I thought it wasn't worth twenty bucks a month to you. You're gigging all the time, and it wasn't worth twenty dollars so that you could go to the bathroom with a little peace of mind. I mean, you know, I'm still the guy who I'll tell you. I've told you a story story about one time I was at a gig and this guy just kept eyeing my my um uh my bass and he and he was like uh can I play it? I'm like no no don't even touch it don't even look at it. Yeah it's not yours. Um, <laughs> and and the guy was like well I I I have well, I had one of those. I, I could play it. And I'm like yeah but you don't and you're this isn't yours and I didn't play yours and you're not playing mine. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know I, what's I, wrong with you. Or you think I got to share my like toys? Gigs where it's like, here, let me play. Let me play your Gibson SG. I remember that. And oh. I looked at the guy and I said, "You're not playing my SG." And like, like no offense, but I don't know you. And that yeah. guitar is like eighteen hundred dollars. So Open if you think I'm putting that ago. in a stranger's hands, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Open mic a few weeks ago. Um, uh, two guys walked were there and they, they signed up. And they were like, um, yeah, you guys got a guitar we can borrow? No. Yeah. No, if, every, everybody did... up on this stage is playing one of these. Every one of these is worth more than two bills. No, you're not touching one of them. Uh, it's, it's, an open, uh, it's an open mic. So the, the host guitar, I, I actually think if you're going to do it, like if you're going to be a open mic host, bring a host guitar. May, bring nope. the cheapest piece of shit. You can get your hands on so nobody wants to use it. So our, um, yeah, our uh, um, open mic host was doing that. He was bringing an, a host acoustic. And guess what happened? Somebody swiped it. Somebody got mad at somebody else and threw it. Just like that, that gig report I think I gave on the show last week where the dude threw his bass across the stage. Yeah. At an open it. mic with... The club's drum kit on stage. Crazy. So um, <laughs> I, I want to talk for just a second about this logo. Notice how the O is not closed. It is open. It yes. kind of looks like an A, like Gibson. You mean right? the... Uh... Yeah. Son. Gibson. Yeah. Hold on. There's a reason I'm pointing this out. So I had a friend of mine who saw something of mine and said... Why does it say Gibson instead of Gibson? And I said, that's not a U, that's an O. He said, well, it looks like a O, or it looks like a U or an A. And there's a reason, but it wasn't this shirt. It was this. Is <laughs> <laughs> that to go with the birds? So I finally got it done, yeah. I haven't done the Fender one yet, but yeah, I got that one done. But I'm I'm thinking I might do Marshall instead of Fender because I, I don't know. I'm not a Fender lover. Can, can I make I just, it? Can I make a joke? If you're gonna get Fender, maybe you should get it put on your ass. I put it on my ass yep, right above. I'm gonna get a tramp stamp that says Fender. Is that a politically correct majority of reasons to put the Fender logo on your ass? Number one, where are your Fenders? Right. Number two, yeah. uh, where should Fender go? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've Fender? said this so many times every week. I, I'm like, am I keeping it? Am I not keeping it? I'm like, ah. and I just don't. The problem is these guitars get played. My guitars get played. Okay. 
my bass gets played, my guitars get played. They, they get their cha strings changed regularly. And I play my Fender, and it's the one that gets, like, one song. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I, I can't do it anymore. And I can't, I can't take it to a gig because when I do, I'm playing any one of these, and it's like, ah, that, now i got to have something set up completely different. We talked about that. So it's just one of those things where, oh. I'll bet, so, you, I'll bet you if we run your Fender Strat that's through a new. lot of compression. That'll yeah. change that. Yeah, it would. It would if I compressed it. But do I? You know, I don't know. The famous sounds of strats are compressed. Yep. I don't care if you're a country and lover. It's not a compressor. It's the amp. No. <laughs> it's the amp. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They're compressed. It's it's a it's a supercharged punched amplifier. I don't care if you're talking about your favorite country yeah, players like, like Brad Paisley. It's like the ultimate amp because you could push that thing to the point where it's compressed. That's right. And it doesn't break up. That's why they love them. Oh, no, can, they break up, but they break up in a very well, musical I mean, way at right, the volume you right, want to use them. Right, right. That's what I meant to say. The breakup isn't like, not a Marshall breakup. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that's well, unusable either. I just, it's just done in a very musical way. Yeah, like but different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, so. Yeah. I. I. Uh. We. We've been. I want to make. I want to make this clear to everybody. So if you're listening, um. We're breaking the show up into segments now. Segments are being released over the week, and then the full episode comes out with bonus content on. Uh, usually Thursday, but it just depends on where things fall. The the schedule has been kind of screwy because I've had a lot of personal stuff going on, but um, we're getting them out. So that hey, for the first time we've been pretty consistent in a couple of weeks. So I can I can honestly say this is working pretty well. Um, yeah. And it's not much more editing time for me to do that, so it works out. But I just want to make that clear. If you're if you're listening to the show and you're wondering why you've already heard this segment three times, it's or you've heard parts of the show three times, it's because they're all segmented. So um, you can continue to listen to the show in the complete episode format with bonus content, or you can listen to the individual segments. Um, but that's part of the reason why we're actually making some breakup delineations and what's going on with the show. Uh, it's easier for you to digest small chunks than it is to digest yep. the whole thing. Usually with YouTube, most people are not dialing in for an hour. They're dialing for 15 minutes. So that's kind of yeah. what we're trying to keep things at. Um, yep. So that's the what's new. Uh, that actually lasted a lot longer than I anticipated, 30 minutes. So let's go ahead and move on to the next, uh, the next topic, which actually, what do we talk about? Um, now nah, we got. We, I have an order, and it makes sense. Let's uh, let's talk about things being coming out of the box, Jim. Let's let's talk about things that come out of the box. Yeah, I, I yeah. Give me your example uh, so, of someone pulling something out of a box and saying something that was utterly insane. I I see this all the time, especially like okay, you'll get these you'll get these guys that are like a Firefly guitar, and it's out of the box, and they they open it. It's perfect out of the box. Perfect out of the box. Really? Setup is perfect out of the box. And I'm like, come on. This is where this is where I'm like, you know, I don't expect that of any guitar. Really? No guitar. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I know. You're looking at that one. Don't tell me that nobody ever looked at that and tweaked it. Mine's not perfect. No, it's not. No. It came out and it had, uh, it had uh, wax on it. 
So, oh, I believe that. I, I had to take wax off that 335. And, and wax anything with the nitro own. finish these days, they're, ele- they're electrically charged. So you're going to have yep. dust. Yep. You know, that's... Yep. And you'll have those little those dust particles which are coming off of the um, the styrofoam that's in there, the, the light mm-hmm. styrofoam they put whatever, in there, whatever which is good. Using, right? Yeah, which is good, but it's still dust and it's still staticky, and still you got to wipe it down. But the, but the other side of it is that that the, there's no way the strings are perfect because they don't know you, and if you're mm-hmm. so if you're so easy to please that any guitar out of a box is perfect, you don't know your playing style well enough or your feel well enough. That you want to actually have, and I know it's this is this is flying right in the face of things. Boy, this is gonna somebody's gonna hate me for yeah, that. Yeah, they're <clears throat> here it comes. But seriously, there's no way they know your specific thing. It, it might be perfect at the open. It might be perfect at the twelfth fret. It might be perfect, but it's not going to be perfect up and down the frets. And I'm not saying that it's bad. It's in it, for some reason today's culture. If you don't like something, you hate it, right? <clears throat> I'm just saying that it's not perfect, and um, and I, I get I get really annoyed when I see this oh, perfect out of the box, and then then they'll twenty seconds later for the price this yes. for the price that for the price something else. But what the hell? Then do I'm you, like, well, what then, the hell do you actually mean? The, then the perfection isn't there. Like, what the hell do you actually mean when you say that? So right, what is what does it mean? You're right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So here's my issue. So the the the, the only guitar. All right. I agree and I disagree with certain points. So the whole idea of adjusting a guitar to um to your spec is like I see that as different from pulling a guitar out of a box and saying it's perfect. Um, in my mind. I think pulling the the bo- you know pulling a guitar out of a box and it having no finish problems the frets are perfectly level the neck is perfectly intonated as all as well as you know obviously adjusted properly right but intonation is yep. perfect on the guitar and I I really only feel like that can be achieved um, with an Evertune number one because like think about it so like you hear this that you makes hear this sense. Shit get said about things like harley benton's right i pulled my harley benton out of the box and it was perfect shut up okay like first off no because there's no way in hell that thing arrived from germany to the united states in tune right that, it just didn't happen um and on top of that i'm not really sure i trust you to make an adjudication about intonation um, when you've seen people oh, yeah. who, who've used strobe tuners and then like, they're like, Oh, the guitar is intonated. And then they hand it to somebody else and he goes, no, it's not. And then he sits here and tweaks it. And then you can hear the difference in the, in the harmonics and you go, Holy shit. Like, how did the guy do that? And they can do it by ear and it actually be more accurate than a strobe tuner or at least sweetened than a, sno- than a strobe tuner. Then you realize, Oh shit. Like, I, I everything gets called into judgment, right? Because then you're like, okay, so this guitar gets shipped to me and I take it on and I strum chords. I'm the first to admit this came out of the box. Intonation was bad. Okay. Um, it needs to be intonated. I can tell right. almost immediately. Doesn't mean yeah. that I'm not enjoying playing it unintonated. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Right. Um, but that being said, like 
that's something that I think a lot of players don't really have the ear for. They think they do better than they actually do. Um, and case in point, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to an open mic and I hear somebody hit an open G and I go, what the fuck? Like, how do you think you're going to get through this with that? Um, but they're, you know, they put, they pull out their clip on tuner and they, they tune a little plink, 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 plink. And then all of a sudden it's like they hit the open G again and it's a little bit better, but it's still like, dude, you could take like two or three more minutes and get that thing actually in tune. And I see it a lot, especially with, um, modern fender players who are using floating bridges. They don't understand that you're supposed oh. to tune them up like four or five times before they're close enough, yep. really. Um, and they're yep. impossible to get. So this has got a floating bridge too, but they're impossible to get perfect. You're just never going to yeah. do it, but you could, but you can get pretty damn close. And um, the Kiesel is the same way. So like floating bridge and, you know, that whole shenanigans and then having seven yeah. strings made it worse. Um, but that particular guitar, like, it came out as close as I've ever had a guitar come out of a bag from the box. I got the box directly from Kiesel. It came He's got the as box. close as I have ever seen to being perfectly intonated and in tune. Um, and I will say this, preference-wise, the action was a little low for my preference. So I did a you know a little relief check and I and I adjusted it like within minutes of taking it out of the box. But that being said, like it was pretty damn close. Um, and the, the, I didn't have to intonate it even after making the action adjustment. It was, I mean, it was not perfect, but then again, that's the point of this, this conversation, right? You can't pull yeah, yeah. a guitar off of a truck that has gone hundreds of miles. Yeah. Pull it out of the box, pull it out of the bag. If it comes in one and go, holy crap, this thing is perfect. It plays in, it's playing in tune. Um, the electronics are adjusted perfectly. The, and, and they're all the same, consistent. Like, every one of these that comes up. Because that's the other thing. Like, when these reviewers get one, they get one as hand-picked. Okay? It's yeah, like, most of the time. You're especially right. unless they're purchasing it themselves. And yep. even then, they might still be getting a hand-picked one. That's um, right. So they get a guitar that's going to have a little bit of extra attention sometimes. And that's one of these situations. Oh, it's perfect out of the box. I You know the one I remember... Um, uh, somebody saying recently, and I don't remember who it was, I don't think it was the guy we talked about, um, but he pulled an SG out of the box and he goes, oh, it's perfect. And then like 15 minutes later, he's talking about tooling marks in the fretboard. It wasn't oh. Brown, Brown or whatever his name was. Um, no, it's um, the guy it, from Ohio. Right? Yeah, yeah it wasn't him. It wasn't him. So I'm not going to, yeah, oh, it, it wasn't, wasn't Baker. Baker. No, no, it was somebody that was like, they're probably C tier YouTube, but they were like, you know, this guitar is perfect. But then they're like, oh, it has tooling marks in the neck. No, that's not perfect. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell did you say that for? Because when you see these guys pulling box, pulling boxes and pulling guitars out of boxes, it's immediate honeymoon. Immediate honeymoon. And it, for them, it's Christmas, right? So, like. Right. I'm not going to pick on Ryan Burke, but I'm going to use him as an example because I know his name. Um, Ryan Burke gets a guitar from whoever, right? Um, let's say PRS sends him one again. And he pulls it out and he goes, oh my gosh, like I actually, they sent me a $3,500 core model PRS. Mm -hmm. And this is an amazing guitar. 
And this is an amazing experience because my professional career has gotten me to a point where they're sending me $3,500 core models. And that whole clouded judgment becomes a thing. And I know people are like, oh, well, they're jaded now, though, because they've seen so many guitars. They are to a point because like all of us, they have the same euphoria that they do when they when they get something new from somebody. And yeah, so course. even their judgments clouded. I actually think if somebody were to do gear reviews and say, like, we're going to talk about the gear that was sent to me six months down the road after I've gigged it and wrote it hard and put it away wet. And then we're going to talk yep. about what I really think about it. Like that's, right. that's to me is the real test of equipment is the stuff that sticks around in your collection, especially right. in the things that I have. Um, will this PRS stick around? I don't know. I like, honestly, I hope it does. It feels like a keeper, but it's one of those things where who knows what I'm doing in a year, you know, and you'll get every penny out of that. If you ever did decide to get rid of it, I I, I mean, I'll get, I'll get my rental out of it for sure. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about that. You'll get every penny. I didn't buy it worrying about that. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying that if you decided to get rid of it, that would be one of the ones that you could get every penny out of it. Right. If you were willing to sit on it for, you know, a few weeks and let it wait, You'll get all of it Before, because because the 35th anniversaries are all gone. They were limited. They actually you know were what's limited. really really funny. It's funny you say that the 35th anniversaries were limited. 35th anniversary was last year. Guess what? That's right. They're still making 35th anniversary S2s because they didn't make enough of them due to the pandemic. Yeah. Well, they didn't make <laughs> so their number. Still producing yeah. them, which is funny. Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely have bought that guitar. That, that's was, one I would stamped i think 119 2021 so 35th anniversary made in this 36th year <laughs> now i can i can honestly say that, that the guitars that are hanging behind me every single one of them including the strat believe it or not has been gigged has been played has been yeah. you no know, and they've all been out there and they've all had their time and tested and the truth of the matter is is i don't hate the strat i don't hate the strat it's just that i feel like it doesn't fit with the things that go it's like one of these things is not like the other um and and the fact is that you know i've been on stage a few times now with that 335 and um you know for some people that's the kind of guitar they just wouldn't take to a gig they just wouldn't it's three thousand dollars it's a lot of money and uh i don't blame people i got i got a friend he's selling his um his uh, Gibson's uh, 50 standard. It's a it's a gold top. It's a gold top version of my guitar right there. And I'm like, <laughs> I was looking at it, I was like, oh, because I know I can get it for the exact same money I paid for that one, which is pretty good price. And because um, he's a friend. And I'm thinking, oh, that would be hard to. But Jim, how many Bless Pauls do you really need at how many, any given time? How many Les Pauls does somebody need? N plus one. That's, that's now, the, yeah. You can Where live in that fantasy as long as you want. Like I'm just kidding. No, I, I have one too many already. I really do. People, I have one too many. Many people, you know, are are in the, the the toy collecting business basically, where they just keep buying the same stuff over and over. Like I can't tell me how many people I've run into that have like eleven strats, and they go, "Oh, what models?" And they go, "They're all American standards." And you go, <laughs> "Like what?" Well. <laughs> well you know, let's take for instance that How guy many that bought. How do you use? <laughs> that lost all those guitars. 
Now, I, I know there are collector. a lot of people that, that collect. I really do. I, I know that. But when you're, you've got a collection that's so big you have to put it in a storage facility and then you never go to it for a long time. Yeah. It really – I mean, I, I see these, these people that are collectors <laughs> that, that collect um, – Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I see these people – well, he didn't do that. That's the, that's the bad side of it. <laughs> but um, I see these people who collect Funko Pops like I do. I keep them out. They're all on display. Not just these ones here. I've got I've got ones you can't see it right here where my hand is. I've got ones in my I've got my living rooms full of them. I mean, we're we're setting up display cases for them. Um, and I'm like, maybe I've got too many. And yet I've got some on pre-order. That's how bad it is. Um, but here's the here's the thing that that uh, that you were absolutely right. My son said, Dad, if you buy that gold top, you're now moving from player to collector. And he goes, are you really going to play that one versus this one? He goes, you know that one. He sounds a good person. <laughs> and he, he, he was right. Person. He was he 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 read it so well. I need that in my life. I need that logical. You definitely do. <laughs> you know, yeah, Cause, yeah. Cause and, you, I, and I don't. You are a collector, Jim. Let's be real. Yeah. Like not talking about guitars, but you just collect things Golf. in general. So it's Golf. easy to make that leap. But. To collect things that are that expensive on the kinds of money that we make is just... I, I, exactly. I have a Peterson Strobe tuner that still has the plastic. plastic on, yeah. I remember you, the, see the little you tab. have removed plastic on this show before. <laughs> I, and it, and it's, it's way past the return policy. There's absolutely no reason for that plastic except I'm an idiot. Um, but I'm that guy. Um, uh, let, me, let me grab this. So I, I'm so bad about this stuff i mean this is <laughs> yeah still the box he's got the box it's not only in the box it's in a box in a box there's an outer box yes i know it's, it's plastic a... yeah showcasing Thanks. that's how bad some of this stuff is i've got some of them are showcasing um, um i've got a young it's in a hard plastic box then in a box <laughs> with still the thing that says walmart exclusive um so uh what am I getting at? I'm getting at this because I want to bring it back to what we're talking about here. Um, and uh, that is that that at some point we – this is not perfect. It's no. the Peterson Strobe tuner. It's not perfect. No. Uh, that guitar is not perfect. As a matter of fact, if I didn't uh, – If they were perfect, they'd be boring. Look at how – look at how uh, – can you see how – gooey that looks so we'll get to my gig from hell yeah, later that's, that'll that's be our bonus content five. that's our segment five <laughs> but um yeah it, it, in other words what i'm saying is that if if that was perfect to me that that les paul that gold top you know i had it i lost it i had it again the, <clears throat> the guy the last guy beat the sh out of it and i had to reset it up he set it up like he was playing slide or something. I had to bring it back to where I play it. Um, you know, th these guitars are, are um, they're tools. Yeah. And I think it's important that, that people remember that. I mean, you can see my, my guitar. They're here. adjustable for um, a reason. You right. don't want them to come out of the box perfect. <laughs> <And> they, <yeah. laughs> you really don't, because you're going to customize the crap out of them anyway. 
Because, well, I think what happens is if you have that honeymoon thing, and this is me, okay, I, got, I could be co completely wrong, but I think there are personality types out there that if they get a guitar that they say is perfect, are you going to adjust it? Or are you just going to be lazy? And I say lazy, not in a bad way. See, everybody's got to take that connotation with you. Lazy is in, you know what? Eh, you know what? Or let's say indifferent. Let's call it indifferent. Indifferent enough to go, eh, I, I, I'm fine with it that way. I'm fine with it that way. Well, then you're not fine with it. What if, what if the accent's a little too high and you're bending the... It, I, I see it all the time. Tell me how many times you get on the internet and a, and a person goes, I got this great guitar and I love it and it's perfect. But for some reason when I'm playing it, all the notes are out of tune. I'm like, either you're pressing too hard or your action's too high yeah, or both. Bad. Or your internet, yeah, uh, yeah, the internet. Oh well, I had it set up, and the and you know this guy, maybe he set it up for his playing style. Yeah, maybe you should talk to him about what you actually wanted. What um, do? Yeah, and you have to communicate that. But if you don't know what that is, and that's what that goes back to my first statement, that you don't know what your playing style is. If you don't know what your playing style is, how do I tell a tech? I go to a tech and I say, hey, I, I need my guitar set up. Okay, and they set it up. How do I tell him then that it's wrong if I don't know what's wrong? Right. And actually, that's the real the real point I, I was going to make in all this is that many people, they don't they don't know the difference. I mean, I, I we've all done it. We've all picked up somebody else's guitar and gone, how the hell are you even playing this thing? Um, I've done it more often than most, probably, because for whatever reason, I seem to get the lost puppies. People come You're to me and they're like, look at my guitar. Probably... And like, here, you want to buy this from me? I'm like, dude. Like, I want to buy it from you and throw it in the trash. Like, it's awful. Um, We're going to put this where it belongs. But I'm a nice guy, you know, so I don't say that. I say, you know, I need some work. <laughs> you know, like, um, anyway, I bought guitars and basically rescued them because they, mm -hmm. like, I, there was a guitar I bought. The guy, he had a, this American Standard Strat and had the, the guy was putting the tremolo bar on the guitar in the case, in a hard shell case. So when I when I got this guitar, the bridge was like this. The body is here. The bridge was like this, and the uh, the tremolo bar was still attached to the guitar, and it looked like it had never been cleaned. And I took it to good time, and I was like, guys, I was like, I know this guitar is worth like five hundred bucks. I'm like, take it and clean it. I absolutely know that if you clean it, do a fret job on it, and you and you fix the the springs like the claw. It'll be perfect. And it was. It was actually a really good guitar. I uh, kind of pissed at myself because I did all this upgrade work to it and I sold it. And I was like, you know, I probably should have kept that thing. Um, yeah. It's, it's not a bad guitar, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for either. So anyway, yep. um, Last sometimes, time. sometimes the, the things come out of the box are really screwed up. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and they yeah. turn out to be like, you know, an ugly duckling. You ha it, it's sort of, yeah. you get a, you get a feel, a gut feel for it. Like, Jim, like I was talking about, like, I picked that strat out of the box and I go, oh, my God. But I but I looked at it and I went, everything's intact. And the frets don't look horrendous. I'm like, it'll right. be fixable. Like, this is not a big deal. So I bought you it from could the see... and got it fixed up. Yeah, you could see... The, the um the, what it could be and then there are times you it's, fail at that too like you buy shengze <laughs> by the way well you know we you did that as a joke but still yeah, i mean yes and no kind of, um, kind of i did it as a show thing but anyway the yeah. uh the 
PRS I have hanging here next to me. I laugh because that's a veneer on that Shengze, and it doesn't look half as good as this. Of course. And, well, but but it's, the veneer versus this shouldn't be different. Okay, you can have all the 3D quality in a veneer. You can have gorgeous flame because it's way easier to get a gorgeous flame on one piece of wood that you chop into a thousand pieces. I'm right here. Um, but (laughs) this still looks better. It looks way better. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's, I mean, that's not like honeymoon or anything. It's just, I still, I still PRS, you know, I could be wrong. You've had it open, but I still think it's probably a photo, a photo veneer. It could be. I mean, the thing is, it's 3D. You can, you can tilt it in the light and you can see it shifting. You see which, a little bit, okay. yeah. Which is like it's amazing. Typically, to me that, that's got to have some depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're probably just photo. using. It's not a micron thin. It's probably more than paper, you know. But it's yeah. but it's still yeah. veneer. It's still chopped into you know. Take one piece of maple and chop it yeah, into you know, five hundred pieces. My PRS is a veneer. That's a that's an S two or SE. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we, we talked about that. So yeah, that's. I think I think we're good on that topic. Let's let's. Let's let's talk about tone benders. Yes, we should talk about. Tone. Ah, there's a show listener who got one, and he got it. Got he was on the list. Them. He got the original. Oh, who are you talking about? Jason Fuzzbanger. Chase Fuzzbanger got two. Guess who got one? We Wait, have two show listeners. John Bach got, got one as well, right? John Bach got one. Yep. So he managed to look. But he had, one. he had ordered it what right away. I didn't know it was coming, and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have ordered it anyway. I was trying to get on the list. Nobody would let now, me on the list. Yeah, that said, now that I know, I would have bought 10 of them, and I just scalped Everybody them. always says that. Everybody always says that. I didn't know, and then if I'd have bought it, I'd have bought 10 of them, and it's like, listen, I want to explain something to you about how this works. Those pedals are not worth $1,600 or whatever they're going for in Reverb. They're right not, now. but they're going for, I checked Reverb the other day. Let's see what it is today. Let's Did do you, a live I, I, Reverb. Look for today. Sold. Yeah, that's what I was doing. So if I looked for a tone bender, okay, there it is. Right away. It pops up once you type tone. Yeah. There it is. Used from $8.99. Okay. And if we go down to sold listings. um, We've got them. Okay, they're they're dropping a bit. They're down to $8.29. Yeah. The first one sold at 12 well more than that the first one sold at don't worry about the um, shipping just what did it what did it what's it listed for well one went in april for almost $1700 which is a pre-order which was a pre-order some idiot bought a pedal they'd never tried for 17 a pre-order from someone for $1700 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm calling you an idiot. I don't care who you are. You're a moron. Because you, you bought a pedal. You didn't even know what it was going to sound like months before it released. For, I would for argue. way more than it was going to be worth. I would argue. You, that person You and your moron, money were, were quickly parted. They are a collector. Is what They're they a collector. And they That's know that in order to be a boss completionist, they probably have every other stomp box. They have yep. to have that one. But and you know you could have. That person could have waited. I mean, come on. You know darn well these prices are going to come back down. I suspect we're going to be seeing those pedals for six fifty. 
I yeah, I don't think they'll go. I don't think they'll go much. Um, I think they might go down to five hundred. But they might. I, don't know. I think I, they're going to be right at six fifty. I think that's where they hang. Because right, so here's my here's my market justification. That's where sure. the king of tone sits, and that's a pedal that's basically unobtainium unless you have it, have one in order. Um, they made right. a lot of these. This is not a small. It's not like they made two hundred fifty of them. They made three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah. Um, and to put it in perspective, Boss doesn't sell three thousand of one pedal a year most of the time, especially not one that costs three hundred and fifty bucks. Right, right. That's so, what I, was say. I I would agree with that number. Now, actually, anything over two hundred, I would agree with. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get another incarnation of this pedal later. Maybe using I, a new transistor, not bearing the, the tone, the um, the germanium. The well, it'll be some other transistor, and it won't bear the tone bender name, but it will be basically the same circuit with. And here's here's my logic, so. Boss did an experiment. They wanted to see how marketable them doing a vintage style effect was. And they got the tone bender name, which helped, right? That automatically hyped this thing all to hell. Um, clearly, yep. there's a market for it because people bought them. Um, That's right. And so just, just keep this in mind, though. Anytime you buy a used tone bender, mark whatever pedal on reverb, and it sells from you know for the boss tone bender sells for more than the original freaking solar sound or you know whatever tone bender um from Macari's. Ask yourself a question: Do you want the boss or do you want the Mercari? Because the reality is the Macari's don't go for sixteen hundred dollars. They don't. So what the hell? Why was that a thing? Um, and I, I can tell you what what, what I what my thought theory perspective on this is. People are driving the prices up. Somebody out there has got five or ten of the pre-orders. They bought them, you know, at six hundred or seven hundred dollars, and then they're trying to flip them for, you know, sixteen hundred, and they're sitting on a bunch of pre-orders, and realizing, oh shit, I can't sell them for sixteen hundred. So they're going to try to take top dollar. They're going to they're going to gradually lower prices until people start biting. And I have a feeling that, that they, there's a few people that are involved in this. Because it's not like they all ended up on reverb. Uh, quite a few of these pedals actually ended up in people's hands. Like I said, I know somebody who got two of them. I do know that they yep. paid dearly for one of them. Um, and it sucks to hear that. Like, I really... I had hoped that Boss would do a bigger run of these. That they wouldn't be 3,000. Because I think that's what they said. It was going to be a run of 3,000. Um, and it might've been 3000 and change or something, but, um, I would be really, really shocked if we don't see bosses take on this again with like a silicon transistor or some sort of modern part It kind of shocks me that they use new old stock stuff because, and that, and that's allegedly what's going on, why they can't make these infinitely, probably also because of the agreement they have in Mercari. Um, but they said that they were only able to find parts to make you know, this many. And it's like, okay, then your boss Roland, like you have connections. You could have those parts made just like, uh, MXR Jim Dumlop got ticked off because they couldn't compete with the germanium fuzz market that was taking off. So they actually got somebody to make them germanium transistors, just like the old NKT 275 specs. Okay, 
Um, because yeah, realistically, the, knowing knowing what I do about electronics manufacturing, you could get limited runs of them made. You could get mm-hmm. like you could say, okay, you know what? I want to order. So what they do is they go, okay, one one, um, one two week period or whatever a year, we're going to pump out these things, or we're, we'll pay some people overtime because you're giving us enough money. Mm-hmm. We'll make these uh, out of hours, and we'll make them for a year, and we'll make you X thousand of them a year. Because it's just not unrealistic to expect that from a company that's building electronic trans- um, uh, components. That's what my daughter does for a living, if, or did. If Mike Fuller can get a company to make the same pot that was used in wah pedals that was made in Italy in the 60s, right? Um, my, he does not have the capital of Boss Roland, MXR, right. or anyone else in this industry that could that yep. you would think about building their own parts to make something. Um, that's why I'm yep. like, this is a no-brainer. And, and right. you're, you're absolutely right, Jim. Like, you know that how this works is that basically it's a small-run manufacturing thing, but you can find people that'll do it. That's right. You, gotta, um, you just got to find a, a company that builds transistors of, of, of that type and say, I need... To get these, because I need them to fit this this thing. And what they do is they create a recipe. It's literally a recipe, just like you make. Yeah, it's chemicals. Ma- I mean, mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's a recipe of chemicals, um, and they put them together and they pay people to get it done. Um, and again, they'll meet your they'll meet your stuff. They will meet you for a price. Boss has proven that this pedal is a marketable pedal that they could sell more. And they could sell them for top dollar. You know, here's the thing that, that I, I see. I understand why um, the MD200 or MD500 or the other ones are a little more money. You've got a one-trip pony right here. Yeah, it's, it's convenience. Not, it's not it's, that the pedal costs anymore. It's just right. that this is going to answer a lot of problems for you. And so the market cost go or the market price goes up because right. it can sustain that. Right. And I think, personally, I think that Boss dipped their toes in the water, not just in the way of, yeah, can we do this tone better thing, but can we market our pedals, our one button? That's that one of those famous one button pedals that everybody loves. Let's face it, we all have a Boss pedal we love. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They've proven that they can uh, put out one that's, like you said, based on a classic uh, circuit and will co- will command prices like a JHS, like a J-Rocket. Oh, it's beyond, like it's a, beyond those prices. I mean, 350 yeah. bucks is like Vemoram territory. Right, right, yeah. Um, uh, they're They're... Going up against uh, Strymon in the pricing market. I mean, well, so they've been – so, and that's funny that you bring that up because they've been going against Strymon for a while. I mean, the whole DD series is basically designed to fight Strymon. That they, right. they punch above their weight because Boss was getting threatened by the Strymon product line. The only mm-hmm. product I think that Boss makes that is inferior to what Strymon is doing right now is probably the – Modulation, modulation MD 500 MD yep. um, I think the reverb is f- the reverb phenomenal is 
one of the three or four best reverbs on the market. And I'm yep. talking rack stuff. Um, and, you know, that's pretty amazing. Um, yep. I could, I, you could compare it to the, the big sky. You can compare it to, um, the, the ones that just came out for UAD. You could camp, yep. you could compare it to whatever lexicon rack processor you want to, you know, throw it up against it and, it and it'll hold up. Um, the delay, the DD 500, it paved the way for those other ones. Uh, yep. analog drive through. If you want it, if you want trails, then you got to give up the analog drive through. No big deal yep. there. I mean, the, the pedals are great. I've owned the DD500, and I can legitimately say that it was more delay than I needed. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was impressive. I can believe that. It was impressive. Um, I kind of wish I still had one, but uh, I'm not going to spend the, the money to get another DD, and at least until I get another, uh, until I get into a switching rig where I need MIDI and all that. Yep. So anyway. Um, Tone Mender Scalping. So there's a, so this is like, this is not unprecedented, right? So Boss is doing this, and this no, is weird no, because it's a big company, but um, people have been buying stuff and jacking the prices up for years, artificially. The, and yeah. the, so classic example is clons. So they're clon collectors. There are people that have dozens of clons. And I, I, that sounds mind-boggling when you think the, pl the pedal that, you know, goes from between four and $6,000 now. It has collectors, yep. but these people were collecting it when it was cheap because they knew that there were variations and they caught on early and they went, someday these are going to be worth some money. And they saw maybe a couple of their you know famous players that were using them and they're like, we're getting some of them. Um, yep. And they had them sitting on their shelves and then the prices gradually started to go up because people were looking for them people, and they were out of production. Um, now even the KTR is like $800, which is just mind-boggling to me because the KTR is oh, – yeah been in production and out of production and back in production and it's still going for 800 um it just seems crazy um kind of makes me wish i'd bought a ktr when they were 300 bucks i mean they weren't they weren't that expensive know, um, you know if i could have seen the future i'd have bought a clon okay so this uh, is another segment we're gonna talk about clons and the perception of the market um so Clons go for $6,000 because there's collectors. It is what it is. Next segment, clons versus clones. So I have actually had the luxury of meeting two people in my playing travels that have either owned clons, currently own a clon, or multiple clons. In fact, one of the people I knew had two of them, um, a gold and a silver one, uh, a silver no horsey. So gold, silver, no horsey. Um, right. And um, they had a very interesting opinion, and they were sitting on it, their investments. For, for, the, for, the, for the guy that had two of them, I ran into him at an open mic a long time ago. And we had a, we had a, I'd actually almost forgotten about it until I was looking at Clons the other day as a result of my Sweetwater excursion. Um, but he had told me, he, he said, I have two clons at home. I have a gold and you know, silver no horsey. And he said, they are great pedals. Uh, I bought them new. And he said, um, I was tipped off the, the, I guess the silver one, he says, towards the end of the, you know, production of the original clon. He said, I bought that because I was told they were going to stop making them by Bill Finnegan. Um, so he had one of the last ones. And according to him, he said, 
the clones are great. And he's like, but the problem is they're, they're kind of magic fairy dust thing that are not reproducible. And he's like, so everybody put them in the hands of people like Brian Wampler and, yep. and Josh Scott, who mm-hmm. reverse engineered them all to hell, figured out what was yep. wrong with the circuit and made them better. And actually, the night I saw him, he didn't have a clown on his board. He had a tumness, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was a tumness. I don't think it was like the JHS one or anything like that. Or the Archer. I, I believe it whatever. was a tumness. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, I prefer this one. I think like, I've got this. And he's got, he had a couple other clones, including the soul food, right? He's got a, he had a JHS modded soul food, apparently. Um, yeah. And uh, I actually wanted to reach out to him, see if I could get him on the show. But uh, I don't have his contact info. So I'd have, I'm, I'm talking to some people. So mm-hmm. it would be, inter- it would be an interesting conversation. Um, but basically the clown is a clown, right? But once you get into the clone thing, like what is a clown, you know? Um, and, and it's a derivative circuit. So it's the same thing. It's like same conversation you have about tube screamers is like, when does it stop being a tube screamer? When is a clown a yep. clone? Um, and right. ultimately, um, I sort of think like the prices should s- sort of fit that idea, like once somebody comes out with a pedal that has, you know, more control and can get those same sounds, which by the way, that, that flanger thing was a perfect example. Um, and I had a conversation with somebody who actually owns the same flanger that the same Japanese boss flanger, um, and had a different opinion about it compared to the current flanger. And I, I, I held my ground cause I, I, I'll be honest with you. I heard them both in the same room played by the same person plugged in, in the same chain and we tweaked them. They weren't the same knob positions, but we could get them to sound identical. You couldn't have told them. You could not have told them apart. There's no way in hell, no way in yep. hell. Uh, I don't care if you're uh Chris Lord algae, you're not going to be telling them apart because they were that damn close. Yep. Um, and maybe like in a situation where, uh, you have the knobs, you know, tweak the same way. No, they're not going to sound the same because boss made improvements in their mind. Right. Going into the digital one. So my point is with the clone, people definitely have this interpretation that it, it's about having like knob positions, same thing. It's like, that's not it. Can it do the same sounds? And if it can, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily what the case for, for this stuff is, but, if you can do that and beyond, then okay, this is where I ask you: Why the hell would you want a clone at six thousand dollars or four thousand dollars or whatever it is they're going for today? Because they change hourly. Um, and that's another thing: How many clones were made? Because they're just like trading like like stock. I mean, I swear to God. If you watch, I've, I can, I'm willing to bet you've seen the same, some guy has owned the same clone twice and not realized it. I mean, because there ain't that many of them. These people act like yeah. there's like thousands and thousands and like they can collect hundreds of them. There's probably a couple hundred gold ones. I can't, I can't oh, yeah. imagine the numbers are like stratospheric on this pedal. Um, so, yes, demand, right? Obviously, there's a demand for this. Is the demand a player's demand? I don't know many people who are buying the clone to play it uh, these right. days. These days, 
there are people that do. Philip Sacy uses a clon. Um, Jeff Beck, uh, I think, was using a clon. I'm not sure if he's using it now. I, he probably is. Um, but for people in those kinds of circles, they can use whatever the hell they want. It's that's not, right. I mean, that's not even an issue for them. For people like you and I to buy a clon and take it on stage, when was the last time you saw somebody locally with a clon on stage? Almost 20 years ago. Um, no, 10 years ago. Yeah, because if you took it out now, you'd be it worried was, somebody's going to walk off with your $3,000 overdrive. Yeah, it was 10 or more years ago. So I was in a band called Rockslide, and my friend, who has sold it, so I can name him, name is Bob. Um, Bob had a clon on his board, um, and he had a uh, he had a switching system built by one of those really Bob bad Bob Bradshaw. Bradshaw, he had a Bradshaw switching system. Okay. And so his board looked like you know here comes the Star Trek Enterprise, you know, a gauge type thing. He, it was really cool, really nice, really a lot of stuff, and a really high end stuff. Um, and what was funny is he had a clon. And he had, like, these really expensive pedals that I couldn't even, like, at that time, I didn't really know pedals. What was he running, really what was he running amp-wise, just out of curiosity? He, in practice, he was using an Eggnator. Okay. Um, Before the cheapo Eggnator showed up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The early Eggnators. Yeah, back when he they also, had a reputation for being decent. Right. Before, before and the had, Rebel and all that crap. Right, right. He had the old Eggnator. Um and he had a, um, which was a head cabinet, but he also ran um, uh, another head. Um, and I'm trying to remember uh, exactly which one it was, but it was one of those like. Like a Bogner or something like that. Yeah, really. Or Soldano. Yeah. One of the, one of the other high-end ones okay. that he used. And that makes sense because those are Marshall-style circuits. And I typically see people favoring clones in those kinds yep. of applications, typically. Yep. It's, it's, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is he's he also made the uh thing to me, he goes he said uh he said to me, I'd just get a Tumnus Deluxe. He goes and I've still got that at that time he still had his clone. He goes, I'd just get a Tumnus. And then I saw the Anderton thing where they showed a Tumnus. I saw a lot of different things where they recommended Tumnus for the guitars that I had. And so I was like, Well, you know what, I because I asked Bob first. I said, because like you, he knows the stuff. You want to ask somebody who actually has experience with it, not right. some and idiot on a forum who's seen one. That's right. Who has Paul or Les Pauls? Who knows that he's running it into a Marshall circuit? And he's he, what does he recommend? And he's got the gold clon. He's got an original gold clon. Yeah, in so his, one of their at, at that ones. time in the collection. So and he got he got good money for it. Oh, he I got enough to buy a car for his kid. I mean, yeah. that bought a car. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so um, anyway, um, with which obviously had the horsey on it. Yeah, because um, the golds, I think the golds all had the horsey. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know because I don't know clowns well enough. All I know is he told me which one to get. And I, and I, I just like I respect your opinion, I respect his opinion. And I went with the Tumnus. And I don't feel like I was I was let down. I, I don't I, have the an opinion. Becoming, but but I think it's interesting that people do who don't own them, right. <laughs> who never owned a clon exactly, who are and also who the ones driving the prices them. up. I mean, yeah, and then they buy it and they don't put it on their pedal board because no, it goes, oh, no, it goes into a vault, you know. 
because because you could never take that to a gig. I mean, what if somebody spilled beer on your clog? What if? What if? Let me add, let me say this. Let me let me let me be the devil's advocate here. Now, most people, if they have a six down, like Bob did, Bob had a real rack unit, and real good gear, and his pedal board. Like I said, he had that that Bob Bradshaw. It's like his, a, his pedal board was basically like a drawer, you know. Like, right, right. It was literally like a he he brought that out. It was this wide and this big. That thing was huge. Yeah. Okay. We're talking uh, people who are listening. Did he just it's, have the controller? Un- he just wide. had a controller unit on the floor then, and he had like a rack with all the stuff in it. He had all this stuff, and he had right. some of the pedals were on the floor, and some of the stuff was okay. in the rack. So anything that had, had to be controlled was on the floor. Like yeah. where you need access to knobs, right? Okay. And he still does that, by the way. He still he records, he does studio stuff and and things. So um so anyway, so he um he has all this stuff. So he was using it. But there's one key piece of equipment he had that would allow you to have all this expensive gear. You know what it was? We've talked about it before. Guess. One piece key piece of equipment. You got all this expensive stuff. You're running it on the power that comes from the um, bar. What have you got in the between? Power conditioner. That's right. He had a really good power conditioner. Just saying. Just saying. You Everything have was to with those rack power. units. Uh, yeah. The old old rack stuff. Like you had to have pristine power because, and that's where. Oh yeah. So, if you don't, it, uh, is it just as an aside? If you don't remember when the first digital amps hit the market, like the Line Six stuff. People yep. used to flip their shit about, got to have clean power, got to have clean power, got to have. That was a because those people's experience with that equipment was based on prior rack experience, where you didn't build a rack without a power conditioner, a, a Furman high-end power conditioner, because if you did, you were going to have problems. Um, right. And that's because these venues, like if you've ever run a multimeter at a venue, which I have, um, Years and years ago, when I used to play this little place called uh, 602 North, uh, we were joking around about their power being bad because my amp, a Line 6 at the time, was buzzing really bad. And we actually read the power from the wall, and I could see the voltage dip. And I was like, oh, I'll be damned. Like, uh, And then I was told to not plug things into the wall sockets that weren't plugs but um wow i had my my probes in there um which i told him i said i didn't want to plug my my amp into you know bad power so i test the outlet and they were like they were like well you shouldn't have to do that our power's fine it was like you're gonna blow something up or short something i was i was a 16 year old kid or 17 year old kid like they were looking at me going this kid's gonna gonna hurt himself or you know burn down the place or something um but I, i knew what i was doing so it's worth mentioning, but that's the thing that happened. And, um, I have heard stories about amps sounding different in different venues because they're not getting the proper voltage and that kind of stuff quite a bit over the years. Uh, I don't know how much of it's true, but I can imagine some of the places I played, it looks like beer was spilled in the outlet, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. They're probably not giving you good power. <laughs> that's, that's, that's almost guaranteed at that point. Um, so, but, but in terms of the clon price and the clon market and how it all got like out of whack and why it's, why we're talking about it on the show, even $6,000 for one pedal, just keep it in mind. Cause like 
How many guitars can you buy for $6,000? You could buy two nice. Gibson Les Paul standards and really nice hard shell cases for them. You could buy right. things you could buy with a Klon. Uh, that's going to be the name of the segment. Things you could yeah, buy with a Klon. Um, a car. A car. For your kid. You could College. buy a down payment on a small house. You could buy right. um, you know, a lifetime, lifetime supply of coffee. Like the idea that a guitar pedal that has been readily cloned and probably improved upon that you should be, you as a player should be looking at other people using it and thinking, I'm going to buy one unless you're rich and you hit the lottery. It ain't worth it. It just isn't. Uh, You can't gig with it. Like that's my, that's my whole thing. I could not comfortably put that on a stage. If I took that to an old Stumpy gig, it would get beer in it. Not on it, in it. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a conip. This is why I have insurance. Somebody put a big tall boy right in front of my amp, my brand new Fillmore the other night, and I went, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, on on a open mic, open jam stage, and I'm going, why would you think that's acceptable? This isn't your gear. This isn't your house. There really even shouldn't be fucking alcohol on this stage. Period. No. Period. No. And the host has got a, got his drink on the stage, too. And I'm thinking, oh, but his is up in the front, so his is, like, out of the way. But I'm sitting there thinking, that should just be a rule. Like, and, and for my listeners, our show listeners, please, if you're one of those guys that brings your drink on the stage, think about it. Don't bring your beer on the stage. No, you're asking for trouble. You're going to get in a fight with somebody when you spill your beer on their stuff. That's what's going to happen. You spill your beer on my stuff. You spill your beer on my stuff. I'm going to approach you. I'm going to be like, you're going to give me cash right now for the repair. And and I I don't care if it's cosmetic. Like, because that's bullshit. That's because you're an inconsiderate piece of shit and you can't realize you shouldn't do that. Totally unacceptable. Um, It is. Especially when I go to a, I go to those kinds of things and I'm willing to lend people my gear to get get the thing done and like, and then you're gonna put a beer in front of it and like almost kick it over twice. Come on, dude. I'm telling you that the, the things I've kid. seen, yeah, the things I've seen and the stuff I put up with is just it's almost like. Some people need to pull themselves into your world. They need to even even if you're just an open mic musician, which should mean nothing. Should be nothing. Yeah. I have I have people who just want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. They need to be in it. And it's like I get it. It's not it's not exclusive. It's cool. But be reasonable. If you're coming into my house then treat me with respect. Treat yeah. Treat my stuff with it's respect. Like, yeah, it's like I said about those guys. The thing we were worried about with these guys that wanted to borrow our guitars, it wasn't that I thought that they were going to do something bad to them. These are big dudes. They could just walk right out the front door with my guitar around their neck. Mm-hmm. And they're young. They're big. I mean, these guys look like two football players. From, you know, local college, ODU, which is Old Dominion University. I'm not going to stop one of them from walking out with my guitar. And there it goes. Yeah, yeah. And in today's world, 
Do you think that the cops are going to do anything? I don't know. Maybe if they get, if they if they stumble upon it somewhere. But yeah. It, and 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 here's here's an honest reality. So this is the way I would like to see that handled in the future. And I and I might actually make a suggestion to the host. It's just like, dude, put a put a little side table, you know, from the mm-hmm. bar. They've got plenty of them right next to the stage and put a sign on it that says ban drinks. And when you come up to the stage and you're going to play, if you want to keep your drink where you can see it so somebody's not slipping your roofie, you can put it yep. right there. Because that's really the yep. – I think that's the the, the reason it, it happens the way it does. Because people are like, I don't want to leave my beer at my table because my waitress is going to walk off with it or because, you know. So give them a place to put it. You know, like it's not, it's not rocket science. Um, and that'll solve the whole problem for everybody. Nobody will be spilling each other's drinks all over each other's gear. If it gets spilled on the table, it gets spilled on the table. Um, and it just, it'll be a better, it'll be a better situation for all involved. And I, I know, I understand. And I'm not, I'm not trying to piss on people who want to go to the open mic party because it's a party. Like we're all going to go have a good time. And actually I want That's that fun. atmosphere. I want people to have a good time when they go to those things, but I also want them to respect that other people want to have a good time when they go to those things too. Um, and that may involve you not shitting all over my very expensive gear that I wish I didn't have to bring that, but because I can't, I can't afford expensive and cheap. You know what I mean? Like, and I opted for the right stuff. Um, then, you know, it is, it is what it is. And I say right stuff. I'm I'm not trying to piss on anybody's prey, but for, for me, you know, right stuff for me. Um, Exactly. That's yeah. So I, I, I think there's too many too many people that read too many things into um, sometimes what one says. Um, yeah, you don't but, need but to. I, I thought that that needed clarification. That I would yeah. have read into that. I would have said, okay. Um, so anyway, Jim, uh, for your purposes, you had a gig report you wanted to give. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my gig from hell. So I get called from a friend. Hey, it's a pickup gig. So it's like a pickup game of basketball, literally. One musician calls a bunch of other people to get together to do a, a pickup thing. They don't want their band to do it, for, or the, their band doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. So it's a private party. It's in Virginia Beach. We're going to go to this private party. It's all songs you probably already know because everybody knows yeah. the songs. And- Matter of fact, we were told just three of us were singing lead and playing guitar. So three of us. Well, actually, in the beginning, it was just going to be the two of us. And it became three of us. <laughs> It's, that's where, so I say yes, but then one, the bass player drops. So another bass player comes in, but with him, for some reason, comes a guitar player. Why is this a package? I don't know. So now I've got another guitar player, a bass player, and now, <laughs> now we've got four people, four people on the stage, no five people, including the drummer. Yeah, now you got a drummer. Okay. Five people, including the drummer. And the, the original drummer backs out. Get another one. That part of drummer backs out. Get another one. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm starting to feel like I don't want to do this. So I said to the, I said to the guy that, that you know, please tell me this is know. a paying gig. I, it did pay, but well, because believe me, because once it was you hear everything, gig, it's not worth this shit. Once you hear everything, you'll know this is not paid enough. So oh, it's it never it's is at a at a quote unquote friend's house. Now this is not my friend. I mean it's. It's a person I know, and it's an acquaintance, and it's an all right person. I don't dislike or, or otherwise hold anything against this person. I'm just not willing to do a whole lot of work 
this person. I'm willing to show up with my guitar. Yeah, it's not songs, trusted you're going to get the money that you're being promised and all that. Open. Well, no, no, that's trusted. That's I'm going to get the money and that's going to be there. And I'm going to get that, that, and it's going to be, you know, a good time. But now, oh, the person that backed out, the first guy that backed out, guess what he had? The PA. <laughs> Where are we going to get PA? Hey, Jim, your band has a PA. Well, I, I said to uh, my friend, hey, why don't you get your band to run the PA? Oh, I talked to him, and it doesn't sound like they really want to loan it to me for that day. And I'm like, right. Oh, okay. I said, uh, so... So, in other words, the whole band doesn't own it, and you don't have rights to it, which so is now, normal. Right. Yep. So now I have to call the guy that owns our PA, and he says yes. I knew he would say yes. He's a really sweet guy. The, the guy I play with who's... You know, these guys are really nice guys, isn't it? So everybody it just, asks me. It just me, kills me. The cost of a PA today, even having to have this conversation with someone is like. Ridiculous. It's half well, the cost of yeah, one of these guitars. I mean, I mean, my next big purchase is probably going is, to actually yeah, be a PA. I'm going to buy, I'm going to fly a full PA and I'm going to say F it. Um, so, so the, 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 um, the, you know, now I've got to get the PA. And I'm like, okay, but I have a car, I'm an Audi, <laughs> leather seats. Are you gonna? Aren't you gonna Uber who's, exit over there? So who's gonna? Who's gonna bring a truck? Well, I don't have a truck. My friend has a Corvette. That's the only thing he owns. Oh my god! He doesn't drive anything else. So I'm like, Geez. I said, can you borrow a truck, maybe, or rent one? Okay. It gets worse. The, the story just keeps declining. The position just keeps declining, which, is, which goes to this next purchase I'm going to show you in a second. I had my son bring it out here a second ago. So I go, all right, well, I'm, I guess, I, you know, and he goes, don't back out on me, Jim. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I said, I said to him, I said, listen, here's the thing I need you to understand. I don't want to throw his name out here. I said, uh, Here's the thing I need you to understand. I don't own the PA. I have to drive over there and get it. Right. We just added an hour to my day at both ends. And I'm not being paid extra. This just went from fun to a job. Yeah. And now it's a job. And I had laryngitis last week. Oh, yeah. Even better. Really is the gig from hell. Barely talk. No, I got my voice back yesterday. But still, or, yeah, yesterday. But still, I mean, I actually got it back Friday evening. Yeah. Friday afternoon, Friday evening. And I got through the gig. I got through the gig. But the, the point is, I was going to drop out at any moment. I probably should have. So, I get, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm a friend first, and he's my friend. So, regardless of what the end person is... Yeah. He's my friend, and I knew he needed me. Right. And because he needed me, I did this. If it had been her, I'd have been like, no, this ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening. I'm not going through this. You cannot pay me enough. So I get there. This is why I can't pay me enough. So I leave from my home. I had some things to do on Saturday. My, my Saturday started at 8 a.m. So I go do the stuff I have to do, including going to the bank because I got to put some money in the bank which had to happen right when a bank opened so I could get in, get out, 9 a.m. Still took me too much time, but um, you know how banks are. They're always slow. So I go, I go 
to the credit union. I do my thing. I get, I get, I had to go get propane, which meant going, standing in line to get my propane tank filled. So I go through some other stuff, get home. And then I put all my gear in my trunk. And I drive to my, um, what do you call it, house, to the, to the band house. And I get the sticks and the PA and the mixer. I slide in on top of my stuff. So I've got my, my guitars are in my front seat, my amp and my pedals and all my... I've been there, man. Every cord I own, because I don't know what I'm going to need, is in the, in the trunk. I've got um, uh, my, my amp stand, everything. Mic stands, XLR cables. I Every XLR cable I own, which is probably a dozen XLR cables, maybe two dozen XLR cables. I've got so many XLR cables. Yeah. And from the last time I had to use them, the person who put them away for me just threw them in a bag. So it's like Christmas lights. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I take them out. So I'm take I'm I'm spending. It's hot as f. Okay, I'm so, on the East so Coast. You're also Virginia. telling me you're never going to loan those XLR cables to that individual ever again. It was my own band. Oh, wonderful. So I don't yeah. let people pick I my said, shit don't up. Touch my XLR cables. Yeah, Just leave them on the picks, floor. Picks my shit up anymore. Leave them on the floor. I, I will them. roll them up. I don't care who they are. I can't trust them. But then I looked and I said, "Where's all the XLR cables? Oh, I threw them in the band box. I said, "What?" So I had to go through the box and pull all my cu- my cords back out. Great. And I hope to F I got all of them. Yeah. So anyway, that that's a different thing. So I I untangle all this stuff, and the other guys are just setting their gear up. Oh, got to set my gear up. Get it just right. Yeah, that's the sound guy. Don't dude. worry you about me. The, you always have the worst job in the world if you're the sound guy because nobody's going to help you with your shit. They're nope. all worried about their dainty little, you know, and, I, and I've been that guy, but I'm like, Hey, I ain't running the sound. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm always nice to him because I'm like, I know you're the one that's working your ass off. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking the thing now. I'm five seven. I'm picking the thing up, trying to get it on the stick, and a guy next to me. I'm like, can you, can you grab that side and help me get it? And then the other guy to help me with the other one that went on the stick. Wouldn't want one person to help me twice. It's ninety something degrees, close to hundred. Humidity level yeah. at a hundred. Because right. it's going to rain. And I, go, I look up and I go, it's going to rain. Well, before we even got started, actually, thunderstorm. <laughs> All over the place. Go outside. These guys are plugging fans into the same outlets where we're going to run the gear. Oh, my God. Why? So now you're going to have a... The whole time. And, which, by the way, did happen, of course. Um, and so, uh, long story short, I get it set up, then it's going to rain again. I had to take everything down, bring it inside. So I've set it up, I've picked it up, set it up, take it down, put it inside. No tent. They're like, oh, we're going to go back outside. I'm like, yeah, no tent. Oh, no tent and no over, nothing over top of us. So Yeah, no, that's unacceptable. I wouldn't play that gig. I don't care who wants me to. You see how light my skin is? That's as dark as I get, okay? Mm-hmm. That is dark-skinned for me. Yeah. I don't get any darker than that. So I burn. Like, right. Same as me. Torch. Like It doesn't matter how much sunscreen you put on. You're going to burn. Yep. So I've got 50, Sunblock 50, which I had to go into my car to get because I always have to have it. That That's important at the end of this story. I get 
um, everything done. I go, hey, I, I told Brian to let you know. Sorry, I'll let his name out. I told my friend to let you know I wanted plenty of water and diet soda. I don't care if it's Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. Doesn't matter. Diet soda. Yeah. She goes, well, Brian's going to bring it. Brian's not here yet. And I'm like, you don't have any water? You don't have any bottle of water? I mean, these are rich people at the beach. No. Bottle of water. I'm like, oh. Uh, that's that's when I pack my shit up and leave. This is, I, and I honestly is got hot. there and I saw that there was no awning you or no. Asked, I would have just been like, fuck this. Yeah, you asked us to come out to play for peanuts. And you don't have an awning and you don't have bottled water. And it is a thousand effing degrees outside and it and looks like it's going to thunderstorm constantly. She goes, well, if if you brought some tarps, you could always throw the tarps over the stuff when it when it starts to rain. I go. That doesn't stop rain in Virginia Beach. It, it, I said, uh, it, like that is ridiculous. <laughs> that's the moment so, where you go. Do you have a permit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know how easily it is to get electrocuted? And this is the thing that that people who don't own music gear don't understand, because they can't comprehend how much the shit costs. Yeah, and that's basically why I'm like. Fuck you! <laughs> like, yeah. if, if, if honestly, like, I'm adding, I'm, that's I'm why this is the, uh, the bonus content. I'm adding a conniption yeah. listening to this. Oh, it gets worse. So we go inside, get my stuff inside. Brian did show up with the water, by the way. He had of a little course. bit of water, but one of the guys, <laughs> three bottles of water, three. Yeah, that'll last you like fifteen minutes. That didn't get me through the first set. Yeah, because. Guess what? Other people wanted water. I had one. So the other guy went and he went to the convenience store and bought a 24-pack of Because they wouldn't Aquafina. provide water for a band that they were probably paying peanuts to. Oh, no, it was paying peanuts. It was $50 a person. I'll just put that right out there. Yeah, it's peanuts. That's not enough no. to call that worth your time and effort. Not an outdoor Barely game enough. with no sunshade. And when you're driving the diesel, it's barely enough to cover gas and tolls. <laughs> I mean, all right. So, um, I I get, you know, I get my uh, stuff up there, and uh, I get everything set up, take it down, put it in, and then I said, we cannot go back outside. It's going to keep raining all afternoon. We're going to have to set up inside. Well, one guy has to leave at five thirty, so he only plays for a good. Maybe hour the whole thing and gets an equal amount. I get an equal amount and I had I, my day didn't end until almost eleven p.m. What's that? And you brought the PA. You should get the sound guy's wages. That's exactly. I was like, I should have got two people's wages, one for me. And your buddy one owes for the sound you person. a great big favor at some point oh, in the yeah. future. So just oh, remember yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I, that's going to come cashing in. <laughs> I said, um, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love my friend, and, I, and, and I'm not going to trade him for the world. I just, this really, <laughs> really, this was it's really fine. asking and asking and asking. Because <laughs> I, I knew it's not him. It was her and her friends. These are rich people who live at the beach who know nothing about the poor. They don't, common, yeah, they okay? don't have any idea about the rest of us and how we live. They don't care. <laughs> Okay. This my mother deals with that shit. My mother. These are the kind of people that um, don't tip the valet. 
Right. So my mother's, um, uh, so I grew up, my mom was a, uh, what they call a chambermaid at that time. They've come up with new names to call it, but uh, let's just call it what it is. She was a, a, a house cleaner. And she would clean homes for the rich and famous all over upstate New York. Mm-hmm. One of her clients was Bon Jovi. I mean, so it, I knew how these people acted. And, and it's not totally, I, I don't totally blame them for being where they are. But um, you've still got to respect the person that takes care of you. And it would it would be the le- the people with less money would tip her bigger than the people with more money. Yeah, they seemed to think that the pay was good enough. And um, now my mother worked for herself, so all the money was hers. But that's beside the point. Um, uh, so I knew that going into this, this was nothing but a you know here's yeah, some money going to be a, a disaster favor. For moment. A. And it was a disaster. So we we had to set up in her living room, which meant we had to we had to reorganize her living room and then set up and play. The other guy left after four or five songs. So he leaves. Don't worry. He got a full full amount of money. Yeah. And then um, the bass player said something about, oh, well, you guys, I, I as it is, this bass player is not somebody I'm a fan of. So he's a nice guy. He's a good bass player. Not really the best when it comes to communicating what he really wants to say and not good at timing sarcasm. <laughs> he goes, well, you guitar players moving all your little gear. I said, you that's have a, one. That's my PA you're plugging into, asshole. Amp. <laughs> that's, you have one effing amp and a bass <laughs> with a cord. You don't even have a microphone. Yeah. Shut up. I even, I if I'd have known, I would have played bass. Told him to stay to home. Just have me play bass, then we could have been four people. Anyway, this, this is three brilliant. people. I mean. We're we're pushing uh, two hours here, but man, this is good content. Let's keep going. All right. So the other guys have one piece of gear I didn't have, and I'm going to introduce it here at the end because I bought one today. But I made a smart move. So anyway, the, we get through the gig. And at the end of the night, they put a tip jar out. And believe it or not, we got another 160 bucks in tips. Sure. And what did they do? I almost didn't tell it because they gave it to me. And I was like, I'm just going to keep all this. Okay. That's one side of me said, I'm going to keep all of it. I would have. But I didn't. <laughs> I, I would have the... been like, you know what? Next time you bring the PA, I'll give you the 160 bucks. And we split it up. And they gave me an extra 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. I had $10 to then, for your I had to there, then break the PA back down, get it into my car, get it back to <laughs> and instead of it was supposed to be from one to five, instead of being from one to five, it wound up being from noon to nine o'clock at night. Yeah, of course. And I didn't get home until almost eleven. Of course. And what did I have for dinner? Because I'm I'm not in the mood to cook or anything. What you just said, Nacho Belgrande. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just guessed. Actually, but, no. Uh, I went to. I'm sorry. I went to uh, Sonic and I got a cheeseburger. Okay. And basically, not just Belgrande. It came out yeah, the same other words, way. Crap. Yeah, yeah, believe me, it comes out the same way. It was crap. But here's the thing that they did have that I wish I'd had, but I was like, I mentioned it earlier. So they had fans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I wish I had a fan. 
a lot of times on these, especially in the summer around here. It right. doesn't matter if you're indoors. It can get hot. I have a ball it, fan. It can, it's under my desk. It, it blows directly on my legs. I call it the ball fan, but it's yeah, basically I have just because if I don't have any oxygen moving in this room, like it gets yeah. stagnant. Well, this one, I turned it off during this because, I believe it or not, I was getting chills. I don't know if you noticed me going like this, yeah. but I was getting chills. It's so Oh, mine's under the desk. <laughs> and I have one here. Oh, yeah, I have a little one, a little ball fan right here. Yeah. Um, it's actually to my left. I don't think you – So I bought yeah, anyway. this thing because what you shouldn't do is plug a fan into an outlet where you're going to have an amplifier. So here's what I bought today. And I'm going to tell you one more story. It's going to be short. So you bought a fan, but a little battery-powered fan. It runs on both power right. and a battery. Yep. So battery-powered, and I have, remember what I bought? I bought a DeWalt um, lawnmower and DeWalt so weed whacker. you got battery to go with it. And DeWalt tools, so I have like eight batteries that fit this stuff. Yeah. So I bought it tool only. Now, here's here's my Home Depot story, and then we're done. It's, you ready? Is, but this is too much gear to haul to a gig now. Like, you got fans and, you know. know. We're going to anyway, size moving this. Moving on. hundred bucks. All right. But here's the funny part. They have this on their website, $99.99. Or $99. $99 even. It was either $99.99 or $99. Doesn't, doesn't matter. hundred bucks. All right. So I go to Home Depot, and it says... Um, available online, or pick it up at this Home Depot on North Military Highway. I drive North yeah. Military Highway. Says they got one in, in stock. Sure enough, they got one in stock. Here it is. Price is different. I grab it. I walk it up to the thing, and she goes, it's $129.99. I said, well, yep. you've got it online for $99. Yep. You know what she told me? Buy it online. They cannot match, they cannot match their own online price. No. You buy it online, in-store pickup. That's right. So I said, do you mean to tell me I said, you've got to be bullshitting me. No, goes, it's no. true. So I went to customer service. I knew this already. All right. Now, here's where it gets funnier. Went to customer service. I said, I want to do this. She goes, I go, she goes sometimes they'll sell the, the um, display model online. And we're not allowed to sell the display models unless they sell it through online. I go, well, that makes sense, except do they have five display models in Chesapeake? Um, in South Chesapeake and and seven in Hampton. She goes, no. I said, then that means that their store pickup for the actual inbox items. I said, so let's go over and I'll show you that not only do you not have a display item, you don't have a place to display this item. So let's walk over there. We walk over there. She goes, yep, that's right. And I go, so you mean to tell me for me to buy this box, this item in the box, which is right here. By the way. You have to buy it online uh, and pick it up. I have to buy it online, and then one of you has to walk all the way over here to get it off this shelf, to bring it up the, up to these bins right behind you where you're standing, so that I can then grab it from you, but we're already standing here. Yep. And she kind of goes, she kind of looks at me like, yeah. And mm -hmm. I go, and there's nothing you can do to make this sale happen without me having to do this online. I will stand right here next to you, and I will plug it into my phone. Yeah. Yeah, and you we can will actually do this. have her put it in the bin before you actually buy it. Yeah, and I said, and I said, and we will get this done. And she goes, "Do me a favor, just fill out the survey and tell them I did this for you." Okay, <laughs> so that's what I did. And Joe Lane, 
that's her name, Jolene, at the North Military um, Highway Home Depot <laughs> Customer Service Department did that for me. There's a lot she of She took content. that pricing in. That was funny shit right there. It's, that that made my day, kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, it was like, you know what? I've been having a shitty weekend. She made my day. She made my my day by by taking policy and saying that because to me, and I'm sure to her, that policy says we want to close down um, stores. We want to. It's um, it's minimize. probably not a policy so much as it is a software issue and minimizing loss. In big box, it's about theft and employees marking items down that they are selling to their buddies so they can go on and sell them online. That's a big problem with tools. Um, and I have a feeling it's it's a theft reduction policy, but it's a shitty one. And quite frankly, yeah. they need to offer this stuff on the website, the same price in the store. And if they can't right. do that, then... They need to. They need to make adjustments because there's no way that they're. If their software is that bad, they need to hire people to rewrite their software because that's a joke. That's right. That's right. It's I can understand it if you don't want to. First of all, this is a Home Depot exclusive. I cannot buy this anywhere else. So, this this thing right here cannot be bought at yeah. Lowe's or Taylor right. or name your har- har- hardware store. It can't even be bought at Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. You Unless it's being resold. Right, right. So you got to have a policy that that covers a brand new in-the-box item for an exclusive. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's where, folks, I don't know what to tell you. I, My mind is exploding this weekend. I just want to... Thank God next weekend is 4th of July. <laughs> but you guys will hear this after the 4th of July, so you'll get to laugh about it afterwards. All right. Um, that concludes our episode. I've been David. I've been Jim. And tonight we've been Practical Guitarists.